You're listening to the Family Worship Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. At FWC, our mission is to be the church where the love of God is demonstrated freely by me. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at www.fwc-chicago.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. Well, how y'all doing on the fast? Y'all making it through? Y'all eating the good stuff? All right, y'all make y'all should feel better. Do you feel better? You should feel better. Things should be moving better for you, and things should just be you ought not to be as lethargic. All that meat out of you. Uh, you should feel better. I feel better. And sometimes, you know, it's like you feel better, and it's like, why do I go back? You know, why do we go back to the meat? Why do we go back to the steak, to the pork, to the beef? Uh, I think I might try to stick with it longer this year and not go back right after the 25th. I think I might try to stick with it a little while, maybe just do fish and chicken, you know, and don't go back to the beef and the rib tips with the barbecue sauce and the slab and the bone-in ribeyes, steak. Filet mignon, grilled to perfection. We won't have none of that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We won't have none of that. We'll try to lay off that for a while. All right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, you, 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 you can, you can, you sense the anointing of the Lord even in our prayer and worship. Because whenever you start drawing near to the Lord, he draws near to you. He draws near to you. Sometimes it, that's what fasting is all about. And so that's what we're talking about. We're going to end this tonight. Next Wednesday, of course, we're doing our revival night. Next Wednesday is going to be Sunday and Wednesday. The preacher's coming in Sunday and Wednesday. You don't want to miss either one. It's going to be a powerful word from the Lord for us for this season, for this time, for this moment. He's a tremendous preacher, preaching all over the country, the international youth president for the PCAF organization. Um, and so... Uh, he's gonna he's gonna bless us, uh, Elder Aaron Porter. He's gonna bless us next week. But tonight we're still talking about fasting. If you have questions, you know about the fast. Just raise your hand. Just stand up. And I think you can talk loud enough. There's no mics out there, but he's gonna put one out there. So if you have any kind of questions, just come up and ask. All right. So last week we talked about and got to the place where we're talking about all people of power. They fasted. All people of power. They fasted. So when you read the Bible, it becomes very clear that um, the folk. The, the nations fasted before God. Nineveh fasted. And the Bible said he changed the, uh, their, their judgment into uh, deliverance. And fasting does that. We're going to see that even a little bit later. Uh, Nehemiah fasted. David fasted before the Lord. Uh, uh, Anna fasted. The Bible says she stayed in the temple fasting and praying to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Elijah went on fast. Uh, pe- people of power that did great things went on fast. Moses fasted before the Lord. Uh, Esther fasted before the Lord. Said, I'm sent to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hannah fasted. She needed, wanted a child. When God to open her womb, she went on a fast before the Lord. Jehoshaphat fasted. When all the nations rose up against him, the Bible said he could not number the people. He put the whole nation on the fast. He went on a fast, put the whole nation on the fast. So they besought God, went after God with their whole hearts. God gets God gets into that. God God wants to be sought after. He wants to be uh, made to be in a place of preeminence, and fasting does that. God loves it when we sacrifice us for Him, when we sacrifice the things for Him. And so the Bible said they 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 received so much that they had to have help in gathering the spoils. Fasting brings recovery. Um, we talk about recovering all. I shall without fail recover all. There's going to be some fasting involved if you're going to recover. Uh, Daniel fast. The Bible talks about the fast of Daniel. Where he fast what we're on now, the 21-day fast of Daniel, where he goes to the Lord and he prays, and the Lord dispatches his answer immediately. But, however, uh, the angel is involved in a conflict in the heavenlies, and that's what happens many times um, when angels come into the heavenlies to bring revelation and to bring answers and to bring the things that God has for us. They get caught up in the heavenly battle where there are demonic spirits. And so the Bible says, let's, let's go there real quick. Daniel chapter number nine. And sometimes what happens when we're praying, we don't pray through. Sometimes when we're fasting, we don't fast through. 
your your you what you're doing on the earth is empowers it empowers in the heavenly realm uh, what you're doing your your angels are empowered with what you're doing in the earth you give angels instruction and and um, you bring other angels into the battle because God answers the prayer God God moves with the prayers not nine and three um, what's it say Uh, um, in the first year, verse two. In the first year that that in the first year of his reign, I don't understand about the books. The number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So he's saying he's reading the Bible, he's reading the book of Jeremiah, and through reading the Bible, he understands that the captivity that they're in is only supposed to last seventy years. So he's adding up the time since it's been seventy years. So it's time for us to be delivered from this captivity. So he begins to pray for the deliverance and of course the deliverance God sends God sends it sends them it sends him prophetic word about the deliverance and not just his deliverance but also gives him prophetic word of the end times and fasting does that fasting opens up the heavens it opens up God gives open rewards when we fast we talked about that last week a little bit that there are three things that bring an open reward that three things that move God there are three things that uh, significantly move him and open up things and he opens rewards to you when you do them uh, uh, and they are uh, go to Matthew now go to Matthew 6 Matthew 6 when we when we do these things it opens up things for us in the kingdom realm Matthew 6 you have it is Jesus talking and he says when you in six and in six and four, he says that thine alms may be in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee how openly. So giving to the poor, giving to people, God sees that when you do it, sees it when we don't. Alms, of course, is when you give to poor people. When you're giving to poor people, we don't tell people what we're doing when we give to poor people. This is not an offering in church. Offering in church, we can say what we're doing. It's demonstrative. It's public. It's God. God wants it that way. Every offering in the Bible is public. Everybody sees what everybody's doing. But when you give alms, God says, "No, do that in secret." Then He says in verse number six, "What's He say?" But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray. To the Father, which is in secret, and the Father, which seeth in secret, shall Lord you open. So we pray publicly, like we just got through doing. That's public prayer. But we also pray in secret. We also pray in our closets. We also pray when nobody knows we're praying. And God says, when I see that, I reward you. Because what? These things speak to relationship. They do. They speak to relationship. And God is about relationship. You don't have to get any credit for it. Nobody knows you're doing it because you're doing it unto him. You're doing it unto the Lord, not unto people. You're doing it unto the Lord. So it's about relationship. Then in verse number 18, what's he say? That thou appear not unto men to fast, but but unto thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in Secret shall reward thee openly. So God sees the fast that you're doing in secret, and the Bible says he rewards you openly. So all the fast in the Bible brought reward. Every time we look at the scriptures in the Bible, fasting is a constant means of renewing yourself spiritually. The Bible talks about us being renewed uh, uh, on the altar of the Lord, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is a reasonable service. Fasting helps you to do that. helps you to renew yourself spiritually to the Lord. takes your mind off of the carnality. takes your mind off of the physical Push your mind into the spiritual fasting. Uh, faith and fasting always brings the things that are impossible to move and to do. We read that last week. We won't read it this week. Where Jesus says that these kind come out, not out but by prayer and fasting. He was talking about a demonic spirit that was plaguing someone. He said these kind are not moved but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So, yeah, you have faith, but there's now something you're adding. The faith is receiving an empowerment through prayer and through fasting. So so victories are not won in the public. They're won where? Look up here. They're won where? They're won in the private. Power of God comes in what you do in the private, not what you do in church. We do in church is worship. It's important. It's necessary. But it comes with what you do behind the closed doors. That's where the power of God comes from. But what you do, Jesus rose up a great while before day, the Bible said, and he went to pray. Nobody knew it. He prayed sometimes all night. Sometimes he prayed while everybody else was still asleep. Jesus was up praying. Now, if Jesus had to fast and pray, what about you and I? Jesus fasted. So what about you and I? Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. 
and he fasted, and so that means we, we need to fast too. Uh, where there is little private discipline, uh, there is little public what? Reward. Where there's, private, where there's little private discipline, then there's, little, there's, there's not much public things that God would do with us public on a public forum and a public display when we're not in relationship with him on a private way. Health and healing will follow fasting. Health and healing will follow fasting. Sometimes fasting brings even physical healing. Health and healing follows fasting. We talk about recovery. Recovery comes through fasting. Look at Joel. That's Old Testament. Uh, minor prophets, and we call him minor prophet, not because what he says is less qualitative, but it's less quantity. Uh, so the minor prophets, not, it's not that what they said didn't have power. It just means they, they, don't, they didn't speak as much. So we call them minor prophets. So Joel, in chapter number 2, verse number 15, what's he say? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, verse 16, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her. So he said there's sometimes a time where you come away from your husband, you come away from your wife, you're not intermingling in a relationship because you've sanctified a fast. Doesn't mean you have to do that on a fast. It means that that's the time. If you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. The Bible tells us when we're married, don't defraud one another in that area. But he says, but in the time of fasting, that's the time to do that. And it's with consent. Somebody say consent. It's with consent. That means, you know, I'm fasting, so ain't nothing happening. No, it's with consent. Person says, yep, it's okay. You can go ahead and go on a fast, and it's okay. It's okay with each other. Because when you're married, nothing is never your decision. When you're married, nothing is never your decision. It's always our decision. It's our decision together. So even that is with consent. So he says, bring them together. We're going to sanctify fast unto the Lord. Verse 17, what's he say? Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people. So when you're fasting, there should be praying. There should be humility, all that is going with the fast. You all should be asking God for things for ministry, for your families. You should be asking God for things for yourself personally, uh, to get close to him and, and humbling ourselves. That's what the fast is all about. He said, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach. And the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? So God says, when you fast and you pray, I will show up in your life and I will show out. People will know I am your, your God. He says, I want everybody fast. Somebody say, everybody fasting. That means I want the priests to fast. I want the preachers to fast. I want the teachers to fast. I want everybody to fast. Sometimes people feel they're so spiritual they don't need to fast. No, everybody should fast. Everybody needs to fast. I, I was uh, preaching one time um, at this place and I went out with the, with the pastor. He called a fast. He called a fast and so had everybody fasting and so um, that day he came and picked me up. So I think we're just going to ride around, you know, he talk and stuff because we do that sometimes passes. He takes me to this restaurant. <laughs> so we get to the restaurant, we sit down, order what you like, son. I said, um, aren't we fasting today? Isn't this a fast day? Oh, doc, that's just for them. That's just for them. Go on, get what you want. We're going to eat. That's just for them. <laughs> that's not what God's talking about. He's not saying, he's a, yeah, I did eat because I didn't want to be offensive to the preacher. I didn't want to be offensive to the power. I didn't call the fast. He called the fast. I didn't call the fast. He called the fast. He called the fast. He said that's for the. He said that's for, that's for the that's for the church. That's for the church. I'm not on this one. That's for the church. I'm like okay, all right. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not here to offend or whatever. Uh, but when I call the fast at the church, I'm fasting. I'm not eating chicken and got y'all fasting uh, because because really really what God wants is everybody to do it. Everybody, because everybody's getting close to him. Everybody is humbling themselves. Everybody is, is moving closer to the Lord at the same time. Somebody say at the same time. Doesn't mean that that pastor doesn't fast. He does. But I just think that when we do it as a collective body, we should do it as a whole. So everybody should be at the pastors, the teachers, the preachers. Everybody should be doing it at the same time because that's where uh, you, you, you receive the greatest move of God. God calls a fast. When God calls a fast, he said, the fast that I call, let's go there, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 58, Isaiah chapter 58.
All right, Isaiah 58. This is kind of long, kind of lengthy, so we'll go through it pretty quickly. Isaiah 58. The Lord is, 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 is pointing out that, there, that, that he's more interested in obedience than in ritual. God is more interested in obedience. Unfortunately, sometimes, many times, people confuse ritual with relationship. What you do in a ritual, what you do in a religious form, they confuse that with relationship with God. And what God is saying, I'm after not just the ritual of fasting, but I want a relationship behind what you're doing. I want a relationship behind it. And so Isaiah 58, this is kind of what, what God is doing with the, the uh, um, let's look at verse 1. I'll just read it because I'll read it kind of quickly. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They asked me, they, they asked of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. So God is saying they're, they're doing some things right. They're, they're asking me, I guess I blinked out up there. Uh, they're, they're asking me some things. They're doing some things right. Peach, come, come, come put me back on if you would. Um, uh, they're 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 keeping they're doing some of the ordinance they're, in other words they they have the religion they they have it they're doing what god said however verse three wherefore have they say this wherefore have we fasted say they and thou seest not it's like okay we fasted we push back our plates or we're denying ourselves god it seems like you don't see what we're doing it seems like you're not taking respect of what we're doing Wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. In other words, you're fasting, but you haven't changed anything else. You're not humbling yourself. You're not praying while you're fasting. So he says, uh, you, you're still doing everything just like normal. Verse 4, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate. And to smite with the fist of wickedness, ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? So, so God, is, God is doing two things. He's saying this. It doesn't matter what you do. If what you do doesn't affect how you relate to other people, it is not of me. If what you do doesn't make you better with other people, then what you're doing doesn't come from me. Because somebody say love. Whether we realize it or not, this is all about love. God is love. God is love. Worship is loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and your strength. And loving people as God loves them. That's worship. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That is what worship is. That is that constitute worship. Then God says everything else that you do comes out of that. So he says that if you're fasting and it has not brought you closer to your brother and your sister and people, then that fast is not coming from me. If you're fasting and you don't love people more now than you did then that's not coming from you are not in relationship with me keep your finger here you got to keep your finger here well let me read a little more let me read a little more what verse was I on verse 6 is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke so God is saying there is something that has that there is something that should physically be accompanying the fast that reflects your relationship with me and your relationship is a relationship of love there should be something physically that we can see that's reflecting your move close to me that you move you, you have moved close to me there's something physical we can see so he says uh the, you should be breaking the yokes you should be uh, uh negative things that you're doing to others you should have stopped doing that you should be breaking the oath and, and letting the oppressed go free. You should not be oppressing people. Verse 7, what's he say, everybody? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? Now he said, now because you are fasting, you are not eating. So what you were eating, you should now be giving to the 
poor. You should be now concerned about the poor. See, as, sometimes as, 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 as in church, in evangelism and, and, and in church, we have to become concerned about the poor. That's why we want to feed the poor. We want to give coats to the poor. We have to be concerned about them. God is saying, if you're fasting, then what you normally would be consuming yourself, you ought to try to find a way to help somebody have what you normally would have consumed. So if you normally, if you fast a day and you normally go to McDonald's and you, you spend $10 at McDonald's or whatever, and, you, uh, you, and you're not doing that today, he says, why don't you then take that and give it to somebody who doesn't have any food? That's what I'm looking for. I don't want you just to not be eating. I need you to be doing things for people. I need your heart to become my heart. It's about relationship. He says in verse number eight, what was I on the eight? Seven, okay, when thou seest him naked, why don't you what? Cover him. Does it help somebody? That's, that's what this fasting is all about. And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Verse 8, what's he say? Then shall thy light break forth as, as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. So you're going to do something. Listen, remember, what's the things that, what's the things that move God? And we, we move God out. Prayer. Giving, fasting. Prayer, giving, fasting. When you're praying, you're praying for others. When you're giving, you're giving to others. When you're fasting, you're fasting that you might become more usable to God, which blesses others. All right? So he says, then it shall spring forth his righteousness. shall go forth from thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy real reward. Shall, be, shall, shall come up behind you and overtake you. Verse 9, what's he say? Then shalt shall, then shall thou call, and the Lord shall answer, thou shalt cry, and he shall say, here I am. If what? If you take the yoke away, and the putting forth of the fingers, and the speaking of vanity. Now this is gossip. Somebody say gossip. God is saying, if you stop gossiping about other people, then... I will hear your prayer. I will recognize your fasting. See, everything is about it, everything is about his love. And he said, now, if you are fasting, if you fast then like I want you to fast, we're going to see you different with people. We're going to see you different with people if you are fasting we're going to see you more loving we're going to see you more caring we're going to see you stop talking about folks stop running people stop pointing up the finger that's what i mean you're talking about other people see when you fast get close to god you stop all that you stop all that first of all god shows you you and when god shows you 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 don't have no tongue for nobody else because god shows you you he shows you what you need to be doing for you and you don't need to be talking about somebody else keep your finger here because we ain't we ain't quite finished with it keep your finger there and go to uh John, 1 John, in the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4. See, the, the fasting is producing the godliness within you. And God is saying that godliness, that love that I am should be seen in you. It should be seen. It should be visible in you. People don't understand that the many times that your relationship with God is reflected by your relationship with people. Your relationship with God is reflected by your relationship with people. That, that it is reflected by your relationship with people. How you and God are, are able to be seen by how you are with other people. If you're loving them, if you're caring about them, if you don't care what, care what your tongue do to them, if you don't care what your mouth say about them, if you don't care how they feel, how they think, you could cut them up, rip them up. You don't care. You are far from God. And God is saying, you are far from me. Look at what he says in 1 John, 1 John 4, uh, 4 and 20. You know, some people, because see, Israel was very spiritual in a sense, in the sense of they were keeping the ordinance. They were keeping the feast. They were keeping the solemn assemblies. They were doing their fast. They were doing all these things. And you see that all the way into the New Testament with the Pharisees. But the things that was most important to God, they had just missed it completely. And you find that today in, in, in Neo-Pentecostalism. You find that today in Pentecostal churches, in, in, in Christendom today, where there are people who suffer from spirituality, where they think they're more, it's self-righteousness is what it is. Well, they really feel like they're more spiritual than other people. They feel like they feel like they're more holier than other people. And sometimes that holiness that they feel like they're so much holier than other people, they actually start to mistreat people. 
And they don't treat them in a spirit of love because they feel like they're somehow better than they are or more spiritual than they are. And, and God doesn't like that. God doesn't like that. Look at what he says in, in 1 John 4, uh, 20. Let's read. What's he say? If a man say, I love God and hate his brother. In other words, you're not treating your brother in the spirit of love. He is a what? For, you, for an individual to say, I love God and then castigate their brother or their sister with their mouths, the Bible said, you are a liar. He says, you are a liar. You, he said, you cannot love me and don't love who I love. You cannot love me and talk about the folk around you. You cannot love me. He says, if you do that, because that, that's an attitude of hatred. In other words, love means I am always ultimately for your good. Love means I am always for your good. I say nothing to tell you that. I'm always for your good. Even when I'm angry with you, I'm still for your, I'm ultimately for your good. I'm looking for your good. I'm looking for you to be built. I don't want to say or do anything that hurts you, that tears you down, that rips you up. And that doesn't mean we can't have tough love where I'm saying truth to you. But even when I say truth to you, I have to do that in the spirit of speaking the truth in Love, because love is what it's all about. I don't want to just give you truth and don't give you, uh, uh, give you truth and don't give you love because people can be destroyed with the truth because the truth has to be disseminated through love. God judges us, but he, he chastens us, but he does it through, through love. So he says, he says if, you, if, you, if a man say, a woman say, anybody, individual, I love God, but you can't hardly stand the person next to you, around you, behind you. He says, you are a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God? Whom he hath not seen. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. So this is what he's saying in the text. He is saying, you are not fasting and getting close to me if you're not blessing the people around you. If you're not now loosing the bands of wickedness. Wickedness is what we do against other people. We do wicked things against other people. Uh, uh, we, we're oppressing people. He says, so if you're oppressing people, he says, you're not close to me. That fast is not helping you. It is not the fast that I have called. You're not loving people. You're still talking about people. You're still gossiping. He said, that is not the fast that I've called. If you would stop doing those things, then you would see my power. If you stop doing those things, you would see me bring health to your body. If you would stop doing those things, you would see me then bring your light and make it shine because now the fast is the kind of fast I, I've called. Okay, where would I stop at in Isaiah? Go back to Isaiah. Where I stop? Verse 9, then shalt thou call and the Lord will answer you. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, I, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the fingers, that's gossiping and speaking of vanities, verse 10, and if thou, what? If you draw out your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness as the noonday, verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Verse 12, everybody. So build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer the past toilet. It's recovery. Somebody say recovery. God says, I will recover you. I will recover you. I will recover you if you will fast the way I've commanded you to fast. So if the people have to have an inner righteousness that's revealed in the outward acts of justice. Your inner righteousness is revealed in our acts of justice and mercy. Somebody say mercy. Having mercy. Everybody needs mercy. You need it. I need it. We all need mercy. Then the Lord says, then I will bless you. If I can, if your inner, if your inner righteousness would be displayed outwardly through acts of justice and mercy, then I will bless you. I will heal you. I will restore you. I will bring protection from trouble. I'll answer your prayers. If you will stop gossiping, I will help you. If you will, uh, 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 I will bless you and give you strength and guidance and satisfaction is what the text is saying. God says, that's the fast that I'm after. I'm after a fast that changes you. 
I'm after fast that brings you closer to me. And when you get closer to me, we'll see it. So we, then we talk about the humility of Manasseh. Well, Manasseh had, had to be humble. The Bible says he was so wicked. We're not, we, don't, we don't have to read it now. But the Bible says he, he was so wicked that his Hezekiah had did all these wonderful things and, and tore down the altars and, and put the people back to God. When Manasseh came, he did the opposite. He, he, he rebuilt the altars and put them back in idolatry and did all these, these terrible things. And, and God had to humble him. He said he needed to humble himself. When you read the text, he humbles himself. So fasting brings humility. Prayer must accompany fasting. Remember, it's, it's, it's you give, you pray, and you fast. Those are those three things that God sees in the private, and he rewards you how? Openly. You don't fast to obtain what? You don't fast to obtain merit from God. You're not, you're not fasting to get merit from him. You're fasting to get close to him. You don't fast to get rid of sin. You repent sin. You confess sin. You forsake sin. You overcome sin. You don't fast to get rid of sin. Now, fasting can help you control yourself so you don't sin because it's helping you control the pool of your flesh, your fleshly appetites. You are not allowing the appetites of your fleshly man to overpower what the spirit of God wants to do. You and I are in control of our fleshly appetites. And so fasting helps you to control those fleshly appetites because body want to eat. Body is craving to eat. Well, there'll be other things that you crave. Many times, uh, you know, whenever we're tempted of the enemy, we're always, we're always bringing to the table something. We're bringing some kind of craving, some kind of desire, some kind of longing. And what the devil does for temptation to take place, he has to entice that. So for temptation to happen to anybody, there has to be what you already want, what you already desire, what I already want, what I already desire. Then there is an enticement as to what you want or what you desire. If there is no enticement, you have an easier, easier time of just getting over that because nothing's trying to pull you in that direction. Nothing's trying to entice you, so you're good. What Satan's job is, is to entice what's already there or to awaken an appetite that wasn't there, but to awaken one. In other words, by what he says to you, by what he shows you. Because it's not like Eve just wanted that fruit on that tree. She had all the fruit she could eat, but he had to draw her to the one that God says no to and, and try to create an appetite for this one. Because that's the one he says, don't touch this. So he has to help create an appetite. That's what he does when he speaks to us, when he talks in our minds. And he, how does he do that? Through people. Through people to entice, to, to say things, to pull you away from God, to pull you away from what God would have you do, how God would have you think, and to think the thoughts of the enemy. He has to bring it in. Fasting helps us to control our fleshly pulls, our fleshly desires. Fasting helps us to bring it in control. Fasting is what? Seeking what? It's seeking God. So the birthplace of faith is hearing the word of the Lord. So while you're fasting, you should also be reading what? should be reading the Bible. should be reading the Bible while you're fasting. While you're fasting, you should be spending time in the word of the Lord because you're, you're after God now. If this revelation takes hold of your spirit, you will never allow the devil to talk you out of being faithful to God's house. Remember, think about why we don't go to church when we don't go to church. I mean, think about why, okay, on Sunday, we're full. But look at us now. Why do you think that is? You think everybody's at work? Where, where do you think people are? Flesh says, I don't feel like going to that. That's what flesh says. And so flesh wins. Flesh, won't, flesh saying, I'm standing at home watching TV on the couch tonight. I'm going, what come on a Wednesday night? I don't even know what come on Wednesday What come on a Wednesday night? Empire. The season's over, but that's what was on a Wednesday night. So you work, you went to work, you got home, like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm flesh sitting at home. Flesh not going. Uh, even on Sunday morning sometimes, flesh wake up, flesh say, nah, I, ain't, I ain't going today. I, I ain't going. It's not like there's anything really wrong. You're not really sick. You're not really anything. It's just flesh. And, 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 and what, what flesh does, the, the devil can, can, can get to it and you let it win. And there's no perseverance. There's no push. There's no I'm going anyway. Now we go to our jobs because we don't want to what? We don't want to get fired. We don't want to get fired. So that's, that's our motivation. Our motivation is I got to make this money, and I don't want to get 
fire. But when it comes to worship, sometimes we don't have the motivation and God's looking for that. He wants, he wants me to have and you to have more passion for him than we do for the job. More passion for him. And I'm not saying sometimes you can really get weary and tired and can't make it. I get that. But on a constant, regular basis, that's just flesh. That's just a person allowing their flesh to control what they do. The flesh just is running them. It's just controlling, controlling what they do. Because I need the word. I need the worship. I need to be collectively where, where God is giving me more revelation, more instruction and understanding. Fasting helps us bring the flesh into, into subjection. Because the flesh is saying, I want the pizza. I want the chicken. I want the ribs. I want sausage on the pizza. Uh, I, I, I use then flesh sometimes smells it. And they, ooh, mm, mm. You smell it. You, you know, they, they got at work at your desk right next to you. Somebody got fried chicken in there. Uh, but for flesh, I went to a restaurant today. And so they serve everything at the restaurant. Chicken, steak, all that stuff. So I said, just give me some greens. Uh, give me some potatoes and a salad. So I have to sit there and smell the rest of it, but flesh, but, but tell the flesh, you can't have it. You can't have it. And so it, it gives you strength over that. And so that's the same thing we need to do on Wednesday night. We need to tell the flesh, I'm going to worship. I'm going to church. I'm going to hear the word. I'm not going to watch Empire, whatever it is. I'm going. It's just an hour. Someone says an hour. If we go to prayer, it's just an hour and a half, two hours. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not a huge long time, but... Uh, the devil will always talk you out of being faithful when flesh is in control, when flesh is rise, ro- rose up and it's not being. Paul said, I die what? I die daily. He said, I mortify the deeds of my body. I die daily. He says, uh, um, um, because it's necessary. So we work on ourselves every day. What's that say? Fasting helps us what? <clears throat> helps you diligently see God. We starve our flesh, feed our spirit, separating what we want, from what we need. See, God is after our needs, not just not, not our wants. So sometimes we, we want things so much that we make wants needs. And we feel like God's not supplying our need. So no, I'm supplying your need. I don't always supply your want. But you have escalated wants to the area of need. And now you feel I'm not supplying your need. Trust me, if, if I could bring somebody from Africa in this room, they would say all of us in here have all of our needs met according to his riches in glory because what they need, they do not have. They don't have food. They don't have hot and cold running water. They don't have a toilet. They, they got a hole back. I mean, literally a hole. You know, they don't, they don't have any other luxuries that we have, but we have escalated luxuries to the area of need. And God says, that's not a need. That's a want. That's a luxury. What, you, what you're crying about and moaning about, fasting helps you bring even that kind of stuff into control. It brings it into perspective. It brings it to perspective. It makes us grateful for what we do have. It makes us start seeing things very differently. And it gets us close to God. And we begin to worship God and thank him that things are as well as they. Tell somebody, say, it can always be worse. can always be worse. That's why God said, be grateful. Gratitude. Show gratitude. Be thankful. Because it, trust me, what you are complaining about can become worse very quickly. If you're complaining about it, it can become worse very quickly. A phone call can change your whole life, can change everything. At the same way, God can turn everything to your good very quickly. Remember, this stuff is not affecting God. What's happening to you, what's happening to me, it isn't affecting God, and it's not catching him by surprise. He knew everything that was going to happen to you before you were ever born from your mother, and he's already prepared past tense what he's going to do to bring you out and to help you. Fasting helps us to put it back in perspective. God, you're in control. Everything is in divine order. Nothing can happen to me unless you allow it. If you allow it, you have a plan for it. And so I'm going to give you the praise. I'm going to see the good in what I can see it in. What I can't see it in, I know that it is there because I trust you. That's why Job had to say, though he slay me, yet will I, well, I trust him. So the reward is already what? The reward is already provided. The reward, uh, uh, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, um, uh, uh, without faith it is impossible to please God. 
but, but whoever will come to him to be diligently seek after him, he will be found of them. He will reward them, those that diligently seek after him. So he said the reward is already provided if you come after me. Fasting is going after him. Fasting is going after God. He says it's already rewarded. Fasting brings what? It brings a revelation of priorities. Go to Cornelius. Well, you know, in Acts. Cornelius in Acts. It's right there. <laughs> I know y'all looking at it right there, right? I want see see it brings it brings revelation. Notice he notice how he he has the three things that God looks at in private. Y'all got it? Acts chapter number ten. Look at verse 30. What's it say? Hold on, let me stop you for a second. This is, of course, Cornelius. You know, he's a Gentile. Jews don't believe the Gentiles can be saved. And so Peter, of course, is, is a Jew, and he's on the housetop one day, and he's hungry, and he goes to sleep. And God, Well, God puts him in a trance, the Bible says. And when he puts him in a trance, he lets this sheet come down in front of him. He's already hungry. See, he's hungry. He's what? He's hungry. When you get hungry, God show you some stuff sometimes because you're hungry. You're pushing the plate back. Revelation comes. He's hungry, and God says, "Rise, Peter, slay and eat." But inside of it is all unclean things—pigs and um, creeping things, all the things that God says don't eat. That stuff in the Old Testament, God says don't eat it. Peter looks at it, and Peter says, "No, not so, Lord. Nothing unclean goes in my mouth." And uh, God says, "What I have clean, don't you call unclean?" He does that three times. Bring the sheets down, show them. Peter says the same thing, and God says the same thing to him understand what he's saying. Peter understands that this is the Lord telling him to do a thing. Look how religious he is. Look how religious he is. Self-righteous he is. He's saying, God says, get up and eat this. He said, no, no, I can't do that because I don't eat unclean stuff like that. He says, I'm giving you a command to do something and you're telling me you can't do my command because of your tradition. You can't follow my command because of your tradition. Because of your religious tradition, you can't do what I'm telling you to do. Uh-uh, God, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. I don't, mm-mm. I'm, I'm so, I'm holier than that. But God said, but I'm the one telling you to do it. So he says, what I have cleaned, don't you call common or unclean. Why? Because there are people who think other people are unclean. They think other people are common. They are clean. They're beneath them. See, in God, there is no racism. In God, there is no race. There is no classism in God. There's no classism in God. There is no, there is no, uh, status in God. God doesn't see any of that. They don't care if you white, black, Puerto Rican, African American. He doesn't. We see that. We divide ourselves up. God says that doesn't exist to me. When you get to heaven, do you think it's just going to be black people in heaven? You think it's going to be white people in heaven? Tell somebody say, help me, help me preach. Somebody say, if you black now, when you get to heaven, you're still going to be black. When you get to heaven, you're still going to be black. You're still going to be. You're still going to be black. You're still going to be black. If you're white when you get to heaven, you're still going to be white. If you're Hispanic when you get to heaven, you're still going to be Hispanic. When you, if you're if you, if you Asian when you get to heaven, you're going to be, you have a new body and stuff, but you're going to still be, well, why do you say that, preacher? Because John said very clearly, when I went to heaven, I saw them of every tongue and every language. I saw, so there are distinctions in heaven. He says, I'm, I'm in heaven looking at who's in heaven. In Revelations, he says, I can still see the same distinctions that I saw on earth in people. I see them in heaven, and I hear their tongue. So, you know, look at somebody say, I do speak with other tongues. So in heaven, you will know all languages, because you'll be able to communicate with everybody. You'll know their language, but he can still hear and see the distinctions. So even in heaven, God has created diversity. He loves it. I, I want you different. I want you culturally different. I want your uniqueness. I created you for that. That's what I want. I want you the way you are. I like it when you dance for me in the Holy Spirit. I like Africans and African Americans that are emotional in their worship. I like that. I want them to do that. I don't want you to be like white people. I don't want you to be like them. I made them to be like them. I want you to praise me like I want you to praise me. I, I want from you what I created in you. I want the rhythm. I, I, want the, I want the jubilation. I want the excitement. That's who I have. You are to me. 
And so in heaven, he wants those distinctions. So, so in God, he doesn't see racism. He doesn't see white, black like that, and, and like one is better than the other. And one is right. If it's white, it's right. If it's black, it's... <laughs> he doesn't see that. He doesn't see male and female. He created he, them, male and female. He sees us spiritually. He sees us the same. Spiritually the same. So what is he saying? We can never then separate ourselves. He doesn't want us to separate ourselves over the racism or how we look or classism. You ain't on my level. You don't have the education I have. You don't live in the area. Or sadidism. God doesn't want that. Fasting, getting close to God, takes that away. It takes away. He says, Peter, don't call anything common or unclean that I have called clean. If I said it's clean, it's clean. When God brings people to the body of Christ, you and I don't have nothing to say about that. He brought them here. He filled them with the Holy Spirit. He baptized them in his name. We, that's my brother. That's my sister. And God says, you got to love them as such. Yeah, but God, they don't they ain't like I am. They don't have to be like you are. They, they, are, they are who they are. Uh, Y'all with me? So he tells him, he says, so, so, so Peter understood the message. I am not to call what God cleansed unclean. So now that Cornelius is a Gentile and he's calling for Peter to come preach to him, Peter technically is not even supposed to be in his house as a Jew. But now he's coming because God says, don't call something unclean that I'm dealing with. So the Holy Spirit said, these men at your door, go with them because I want you to go with them. So he goes with them. They were Gentiles. He goes with them by the Holy Spirit and they take him to Cornelius' house. And this is where Peter was going to preach. And of course, you read chapter 10. They received the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. Peter commanded that they be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they said, there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. God has given them the same Holy Ghost he gave us. So there's no difference. Now he asked him, well, how did all this come about? Verse 30. Here we go. Got it? What's it say? And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was, there it is, underlining, I was fasting. Fasting is going to bring revelation. You should be looking for revelation. He said, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I, there it is, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Of course, this was an angel. Remember, angels come, you fast, and you pray, and God sends revelation. Many times he sends it through an angel. All right. What does the angel say in verse 31? And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thy arms are had in remembrance. So what is God looking at? Them three things. What's those three things? Prayer, fasting, and giving. God really looks at those three things. Prayer, Fasting and giving. He says, not you, you've been fasting. God has, God has saw the fast. He's heard the prayer and he's seen your giving. God looks at what we give. He, he looks at what we give in the kingdom, in the church, in, in offerings. He looks at what we give to people. He looks, he looks at what we don't give to people. Because now, the Bible says, give to him that asks of thee. I try to give to everybody that asks me for something. I try to give to, because the Bible says, give to him now, I don't give it to them all the time. Every time I pass you, you ask me for something. Okay, I didn't give you. You need to get a job. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that we got to give it to them every single time they ask. But it means when somebody asks you for something, you should try to help them with something. You know, if they shake a cup on the street or whatever, try to help them with something. Now, some people shake in the same cup on the same corner for years. I don't mean you got to do it every time you pass them. But the Bible is saying you should help them because he's watching that. I gave you something. Now I want you to help other people. So he sees what we give. He sees and hears the prayers. And he's seeing and, and, and rewarding the fasting that you're doing. So Cornelius is doing those three things. And in and, and verse 32, he says, God told him to send men to Joppa. God gives him revelation to receive the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift that God ever gave is coming to Cornelius because of his giving, his fasting, and his praying. He is about to be the first Gentile to receive the Holy Spirit because of his giving, fasting, and praying. So those are huge things, and God wants us to continue to do them. Uh, because it's a, So public acts of worship, look up here. Do not fix private acts of strife, contention, and 
What is a public act of worship? Public act of worship is what we do in church, our worship, our praise, our adoration. Uh, a public act of worship would be what we do to, to collectively. We're publicly fasting to one another because we all know we're fasting. The world doesn't, but we all know we are. But he says that those things will not fix certain things of contention and unforgiveness. There's still some things you got to do. So we're going to end with this one because it's time to go. Matthew chapter number five. Got it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See, all this stuff say relational. Everything is relational. I'm going to tell you, if, if you want to know how you and God is getting along, think about how you think about people. If you want to know how you and God's relationship is, think about how you think about people and how you relate to people. Think about how you think about people and how you relate to them. That's, that's how you can kind of have a real gauge, and that's how God says he gauges, and that's how God told everybody to look and to gauge as to whether these people are close to me or not. In uh, chapter number 5 of Matthew, verse 23, what's he say? You're doing a public act of worship. You've brought your gift to the temple. Everybody sees it. You brought your gift to the altar. And what are you doing? Thinking about how you're relating to other people. What he's saying? You get ready to get your praise on, get your worship on. You want to be close to me. He says, this is what I need you to do. Think about what you're doing with other people. He says, remember that thy brother hath ought against thee. Anything against ought means anything against thee. He says, what, what do I want you to do? Stop your public worship. Go thy way. Fix that stuff with your brother and your sister. Then come back and give me my praise and my glory and what you're supposed to give me. You giving it to me and being disconnected with your brother disconnects you from me. You giving it to me but being disconnected with your sister, it disconnects you from me. So if you want to be connected with me, you need to get connected with them and then you will be connected with me. That's what he's saying. You need to get connected with me to be connected with me. Because remember, it's vertical and horizontal. It's vertical and worship is vertical and horizontal. I love God. God is everything to me. He can't be if you're not loving the person by you. And, and, and Corinthians tells us what love does and what love does not. If you're not supporting the people around you, you're not speaking well of the people around you, you're not trying to help the people around you, your tongue is against the people, you're not loving God. You're kidding yourself. I'm kidding myself. So many times what God is doing when we're fasting is he brings those things to light. I didn't get to it. But many times God brings those things to light. He brings sinful things to light. Anybody ever in here have been in sin, but you didn't know you were in sin at the time? You were in sin, but you didn't know you were in sin at the time. What fasting and close to God does, he opens the light to you to show you where you are disconnected from him, where something's not quite right. And it doesn't have to be some gross sin. It could just simply be a thought that you're having about someone that's a sinful thought. You just don't know it's a sinful thought. The way you're thinking about the person, the way you, the way you, the way, the way you don't like that person, and the way how you feel about them when they come around. Thanks for listening to Family Worship Center Podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, fwc-chicago.org, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Join us next time for another edition of the Family Worship Center Podcast.